heading to kickoff on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Bears talk continues right after the game. Join us for the Bears postgame show with Jeff Meller and Howard Griffin. And Bears Monday begins at 7 a.m. with a new morning show, Cap and J Hood. This is ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. It is week 15 of the NFL season. They call it the battle to reach 500. Seven seed seduction. It's an elimination game. Oh, we're all excited. As is JD, brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. It's a divisional game. Bears, Vikings, and JD, you got to be thrilled. Well, Fred, I mean, you got to sell a little more than that, my friend. I mean, I mean, it's 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 the ch- you know what it is? It's the chance to stay relevant after Christmas for the final two weeks. You're right. So if you look at our if you look at our ESPN Football Power Index right now, the Bears have a 15.5 percent chance to make the playoffs. Okay, if they win this game today, that goes up to 35 percent. If they lose, though, it drops to two percent. The Vikings are a hair above the Bears at about 20% chance right now to make the playoffs. If they win, it goes up to 32%. If they lose, it goes to 4%. So at least there is something, I think, at stake this, uh, today. Now, should it, be, should it, should it have been, come to this point where you begin 5-1, and one, and on December 20th you're scrambling you know, to have these long-shot odds to make the playoffs? No. But if they were to find a way to win – it would be a, you know, if they could win this game without Buster Screen, without Jalen Johnson, um, you know, finding a way to contain Justin Jefferson, if the defense plays well against Alvin Cook again, it would be a pretty exciting moment for them to get the 500. Then they've got Jacksonville, and then we'll see what the Packers are playing for in Week 17. So all I'm saying is, I know, I know it's a long shot, but I mean, Brian plays the horses. He likes the long shots. There's a chance here that it could be at least interesting uh, the final two weeks if they were to find a way to get the victory this afternoon. How's that sound for for selling? Is that better? That works. uh, Yeah, Charlie the Greek, race nine, uh, number one horse uh, at Gulfstream today. Um, Maybe get four to one, five to one. Uh, J.D., you talk about muddling your mojito, Tito. Um, The stuff we heard out of Hell's Hall this week – is Mitch has now got input, and more importantly, they're actually interested in the input. And the numbers against bad teams all of a sudden make Mitch look like he's a legitimate quarterback. How do you sort through all this? And you just alluded to the schedule here against the Vikings, Jacksonville, and maybe an uninterested Green Bay team at the, right. in the final week. How, how do you evaluate this? We were talking about it earlier. If you had a difficulty evaluating going into the season – which one should get the job, Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky, and just gave it to Mitch because he was the guy before Nick got here. How do you evaluate really good numbers against really bad teams or taking advantage of the schedule? You know, Brian, the three of us have done this for a while, you guys longer than me. But I think we would all agree, the people in our business that get themselves in trouble and look foolish are the ones that make these grandiose proclamations after every single game, right? Sure. Like they ping pong. Boom, 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 boom. It's recency bias, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you've had now almost four years to watch Mitchell Trubisky play quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I think after four years, you have seen certain trends against defenses that are not very good. 
Trubisky has played very well. He can have big games. I mean, look at his lifetime numbers against the Lions, for example, right? I mean, he, he always plays well against Detroit. Well, Detroit has traditionally had very poor defenses. He, he comes into a team with, like, the Texans last week that are uh, completely out of gas and falling apart. Their defense is awful. And he plays great. That isn't to take away from the performance that he had. But I think a lot of people lack perspective. The perspective is we're still at the stage where, you know, it's probably just not going to be good enough for this team to commit to him any further long term. And if you can't see that, I just don't really know sort of what you've been really accumulating over the last four years. There can be some great days, but more times than not, the days aren't so great. You know, there's the occasional horrible days. But more times than not, it's just, it's just not good enough to where ultimately a healthy franchise that's a perennial playoff team is going to want to go. All right? So I look at last week as he did a nice job. The conditions were right for it. He took advantage of it. He was confident. The game plan was pretty good. They were moving him around. And then, Brian, though, we get to the question, well, wait a minute. Why hasn't Mitch been bouncing around outside the pocket his whole career? This is where I think you have to really look back and say, look, he's been hurt a lot. He's a young guy. How many injuries has Mitchell Trubisky had? He's had a lot, guys. Yeah. Like, you can't sustain that style of play forever. And I think what they were trying to do earlier in his career is figure out, is he a franchise quarterback? To be a franchise quarterback, you probably can't be every game running around outside the pocket nonstop. It just For him, he's just not built for it because we've seen the effects of the injuries over the years. So, like, and again, but last week was a situation where they got him outside the pocket, defense was bad, and, it, and he made it happen. So I, I just feel like, take it for what it's worth, you have enough at your disposal to make the right decision where one game, good or bad at this point, should not change anything. You, you heard Mitch this week, guys. He was asked about coming back to the Bears. You heard his answer. I don't really think about it. He, he, he needs to go someplace else. He knows this, right? I mean, he knows the odds of him coming back are slim. So just take it for what it's worth. See if he can play well enough to help you win a couple games here. Maybe sneak in and... And just enjoy the ride. That's, that's all I can say. But, but placing too much value on these final couple of starts for Trubisky long-term with this team, I just don't think makes a lot of sense. Okay, J.D., what did you think? We played it earlier, and I know everybody's heard it. What did you think about Mitch stepping to the Zoom microphone and saying, the coaches are finally listening to me. I wanted to get the ball more to Cole. I wanted to get the ball more to Montgomery. I wanted to get it to our playmakers. I wanted to get moving outside. How do you think Nagy responded when he heard that? Um, I think Nagy just wants to win, Fred. I, I really, really, honestly, quite frankly, I think Nagy probably could take or leave Mitch. I probably could leave him. You know okay. what I mean? I think he's he's hmm. proven that. But I think if you're Matt Nagy, let's let's talk in, in real life terms right now. Um, I think there's a good chance that Nagy could be back next year. I, I think I think they I think they are would. I think they're looking at reasons to keep him more than reasons to dismiss him. Like, I think it would have to be just a fiasco here in the final three games for, for them to let him go. However, I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm not saying he's completely safe. But I think Matt Nagy, more than anything, just needs to win. 
and Trubisky's playing well. He gives them the best shot to win right now. So whatever Mitch says on a Zoom call, so be it. If you go back and listen to Nagy, he has been incredibly effusive in his praise for Trubisky. Yeah. Guys, was he ever like that before? I mean, he was the first year. Right. It, as he was, you know, like, okay, well, this is what I got. I got the job, and this is my guy, and we're going to make this work. And then last year it was kind of like, eh, yeah. And then earlier this year, like, yeah, you can tell. He's, he's ready to make a change here to, to Nick Foles. He has been over the top praising Trubisky because I don't think he cares what Mitch says. I think he just wants to win. And this is the business of it. I think you can't, you can't worry about hurt feelings at this point because I think they know that in order for them to save their jobs, they got to find a way to close this out, um, win, win out, you know, make the playoffs. Even then, it might not assure everybody's back, but I guarantee you that would help the head, the head, coaches, the head coaches' cause. Well, that said, J.D., there was a report earlier in the week that Bears are open to the idea of hiring a president of football operations. Ted either just remains on the business side or consultant or retires, whatever. Does it, you just mentioned Nagy more likely than not stays. Does that this idea of, of taking a year with the new president to evaluate what he has here in the building is that is that productive? Is that counterproductive? Is Bill Lazor proving in the last few weeks that he is a play caller, or do you look at him with the same skewed eyes to do the Mitch uh, numbers against bad defenses? Yeah, Lazor uh, he's been real cautious. Uh talking about everything publicly. I, I do think that Nagy has, has really still has a very strong input in what they're doing. Like, I, I don't think it's been like the Bill Lazor show 100%. And I think, I think he's been very careful not to put off that impression mm-hmm. because I don't know if that's true, and that would make the head coach look bad. And, and I just don't think that he's completely responsible for what's happened offensively the last couple of weeks. I'm sure he's helping. He seems like a great, you know, a, a well-respected coach got a lot of wisdom, but if you listen to what he said and what he won't say on those Zoom calls, I think he's being very careful. Brian, I mean, literally, we've talked about this hiring a, a president of football operations for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. This, this has been a topic. This is a topic, you know, back, back in like 2011, 2012. Was that Craig Krenzel? Was what, what year was that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, Krenzel was 2004. I mean, oh, boy, too many. This, this is, yeah, and I was there for that one, too. That was a rough one. Um, <laughs> like, they should have done this so long ago that if they finally do do it, it's like, hey, I've had a hole in my roof for five years. Hey, I just got it fixed yesterday. Hey, way to go. Let's throw a party for you, right? Hey, yeah, the raccoons the are still in the living room, but that's okay. Yeah. Hey, good job. I mean, you, you lost all your furniture along the way, and your house, you know, dropped, uh, you know, 95% in value. But, hey, you got the hole in the roof fixed. Way to go. They should have done this forever. So if they do it, they, they should do it. I mean, it's, it's silly that they don't do it. Um, it would be nice if they just got it done. Now, what that would mean for, for say, someone like Ryan Pace, that, now that is an is a excellent question because you could argue, well, do you give the president a year to figure it out? But, guys, honestly, again, with, with Pace, I feel a little differently, and this is here's why. This is year six for Ryan Pace, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, this is year three for Matt Nagy. Um, I just think Ryan Pace, I don't think you need a year to evaluate whether or not you like where this is going. If you like where it's going, and listen, they've surprised you before, haven't they? Yep. If you like yes. where it's going, then you commit. And you go forward with them. But, I mean, I think you have enough. If you don't like where it's going now, I don't know what next year is going to do to change that. So, again, when people ask me, like, what's going to happen, hey, with the Bears, you never know for sure, especially now this year where 
it's so out of touch uh, being not in the building. But I would say if there would be a change, I would look a little more at the front office side of things because they've had a much longer time to try to establish themselves, and it just really hasn't worked out the way they've hoped it, it would work out. J.D., I know that it's been very difficult. Uh, I mean, everybody's had a difficult time this year, but it's been difficult for you as a beat reporter for a team not to be in the locker room, not to be uh, able to walk and talk talk to guys throughout the course of the week and things like that. But we've heard a lot about Sam Mustafer and the way the kind of guy he is and the kind of way he has been accepted by the team and uh, leadership and stuff like that. It, it would be nice if you had had a chance to, to actually meet this guy a little bit because it seems like everybody has taken to him and Alex Bars, two guys and Notre Dame guys that um, weren't given much of a thought before the season. Now, maybe, and we've talked about this the last several weeks, it looks like this is going to be maybe the keystone of you of them going forward in this offensive line. Well, I think Freddie's going to start at center next year. I think that's their plan. Really, yeah. I think they would keep White here at guard. They'll bring back James Daniels. They've got Alex Bars as, as a great, you know, sort of like young, um, maybe backup swing guard. Um, I'm not sure about Jermaine Effetti, if, if they would commit to him again, do another deal with him. Um, but I think it, I think that's really been a positive is they feel like the interior of the line, they feel good about that moving forward. Now, again, the tackles are going to have to be seriously addressed here. Right. Um, and that's a lot of work and that's a lot of money. And those are expensive positions. And, you know, you got to invest, you know, high draft picks, really, if you want to find a left tackle for sure. Um, although Leno, you know, Leno kind of bucked the mold there. I mean, he was a seventh round pick and for a, for people that, that rip Charles Leno. I, I know he's not playing where he needs to play, and, and it's probably winding down here for him. That guy was a seventh-round pick. I mean, he is he is way outmaxed what they ever thought he was going to be. So if you look at like his career, sure. his career is a smashing success. Hmm. It's just right now you kind of see they're on a bit of a decline with both guys, and you can't let that get too far out of hand before you, you address it. You just can't. I don't think you can do that. You know, when you take seventh-round sort of, you know, um, developmental offensive linemen, um, like they did last year, they took two of them. That's just not going to help you as far as your as your starting lineup, unless it's an emergency. But yes, I think the interior of the offensive line is something to feel good about. And guys, you know, Montgomery did not play against the Vikings when they when right. they met back at Soldier Field. Um, they got to get him going early, just like last week. You know, touch the ball early, some big runs, um, because uh, you know they missed him sorely. And that loss to Minnesota back here in Chicago in uh, in week ten. So they got to get the big guy going today. Yep. Well, Mitch Mitch told them that, so they're gonna be listening. Yes, they right. That, so that's right. They all listen to Mitch right now, so that's a good thing. At least that's what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> JD is look- like, whatever, just win the game. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. Put yeah. up with it. That's fine. JD, we look forward to hearing you on the post game show. Hopefully some good things to talk about. Hopefully, guys. Always a pleasure, guys. Enjoy the game. Take it easy. Jeff Dickerson, each and every week, joining us here on the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show. He is brought to you by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Brian, we come back. We'll hear from Teddy Greenstein. He'll let us know how the gambling is going, the wagering is going on the PointsBet Sportsbook app for this Bears-Vikings game. We'll hear from him. Also, I have seen the predictions from the ESPN TV crew and from the NFL Today uh, crew as they're getting ready for the NFL games. I will let you know how they think of this Bears-Vikings game. We'll do all that. We come back. It's Hanley and Hubner here till noon on ESPN 1000. We're heading to kickoff on the PointsBet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
We're going to talk about the uh, points book, the points bet sports book uh, app in just a second. Uh, don't forget, you can download the points bet app. Do it right now. The fast and easy way to bet. And uh, Brian, as we were talking to JD, I actually grabbed the uh, Club Hawthorne app and I mm-hmm. put money down on race nine at Gulfstream on the one horse Charlie the Greek. So we're you know I'll have more things that I can. Sit and look forward to this afternoon. They'll get you set up for tonight's NFL game. Yeah. A little more money in the old. Uh, that would be nice. That would be nice. I, could, I would love that. Um, before we go to uh, Teddy Greenstein from uh, Points Bet Sportsbook, um, I've been looking up at the TV and the NFL Network, which is out in front of me, had their picks for the Bears Vikings game. And to no one's surprise necessarily, they all picked the Vikings. Hmm. And then John Greenberg from The Athletic posted the screenshot of ESPN's pregame show and what they were thinking of the Vikings and the Bears game. And there were five people making selections, and four of the five picked the Vikings. Uh Uh-oh. So of nine, quote, so-called experts, eight of them have picked the Minnesota Vikings. In the um, Tribune today... More of a mixed bag, right? Uh, yeah, Teddy, um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Brad Biggs taking the Vikings by three. Dan Weederer taking the Vikings by one. Colleen Kane, uh, she has the Bears a four-point winner. And I think it was pretty well mixed in uh, the Sun-Times the, Sun the other Times, day. Yeah. I think it was 3-2, uh, and they took uh, the Vikings, I think, more. So most people are looking at uh, the Vikings coming away victorious in this one. We'll, well see. I saw it. NFL.com, uh, Greg Rosenthal, who's probably second only to Yurko in, in having a good season okay. against the number. And he said this was one of the more difficult games, if not the most difficult game uh, to, to make a pick on uh, because both teams are six and seven, and, and the Bears started five and one, and here they are at six and seven. Vikings were one and five and have figured out a way to get to six and seven. But ultimately, he has a two point uh, Viking win. Uh, 25-23, but as he said, it comes down to uh, hard to go against the team with the better coach and the better quarterback, so he's going with Mike Zimmer and uh, Kirk Cousins, and you know, I guess you that would be hard to argue at this point. Right. Uh, Mike Zimmer got re-upped in the summer, although they tied him to Kirk Cousins' contract, so the guarantee is only through next season. And, um, you know, maybe they're facing some decisions the Bears ought to be facing right now as moving forward. Who is the, the guy to lead the team and who's the guy to lead the team on the offense? Yeah. Yeah. And well, and if he had 25, 23, you said, right? Right. And that over. would be over the, uh, the number of 47. But let's see if that has changed at all. As now we talk to our guy, Teddy Greenstein out at Points Bet Sportsbook. Teddy, uh, how's everyone betting this game? How's the activity, activity looking for today's contest? Morning, Fred. As you might figure, the spread is small in the battle between six and seven division rivals. The Vikings are laying three points at home, and that spread has not budged all week. The wagering is slightly higher on the Bears, nothing significant. But this is wild. 95%, yes, 95% of the money has been wagered on the over, which is 47. If you want to get creative, PointsBet is offering 225 ways to bet the game. Will Kirk Cousins and Mitch Trubisky combine for 500-plus passing yards? That bet is minus 134. How about David Montgomery and Dalvin Cook to combine for 175 rushing yards? That's at minus 118. 
We also have a booster, Trubisky, to pass for two or more touchdowns. That's been boosted from minus 108 to plus 120. Enjoy the game, everyone. Hope you win big. Ooh, thanks, Teddy. That uh, that last Trubisky booster, three touchdowns. Huh. We talked earlier, Brian, about how bad the uh, secondary has been and the passing defense right. has been it, for the Vikings. It, unless the purple people eaters are going to show up today. Uh, yeah. This is not the Minnesota defenses of, of your ninety-five uh, percent on the over. That's that amazing. Is, that's a very you don't see numbers percentages uh, like that in the NFL games. No, right? uh, especially since we said that uh, six of the last seven have been under forty. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, huh? Very interesting. Nine now to three. That's what I heard. Yeah. Now I'm confused. I'm just going with this with the stupid wagers. I think I'm betting out in t- touchdowns any, again. I was going to say any anybody score a touchdown. Who do you have? I'm going to take. I'm going to. I'm. I'm t- the one week I don't take Mooney and he gets in just at the goal line and then hit it. They reviewed it. I'm saying, please don't give it to him because I didn't play him last week and he scored. <laughs> uh, so I'm going with Anthony Miller and um, and usually a sure thing and uh, Allen Robinson. So. Right. We'll see. Cole Komet would be a good one to go for too, especially since he's got nine ca- or what was he at seven catches in the last two? No, I'm sorry, I was right the first time. Nine catches, seventy eight yards in the last two games. Jimmy Graham near the goal line. Um, you know he's got six touchdowns. And again, he's pretty much done the job. Uh, I, not that I feel bad for Jimmy Graham; he's making tons of money. But yeah. he he took a beating when he got he signed here. And again, it's not his fault that Bears decided to sign him. No, not not no. for that money. I mean, it no. was just a bad contract, and that's yeah. Ryan Pace. He likes to give those out on occasion. Right. We've talked a lot about um, what last week's game and the last two weeks' games and the offense playing better with Mitchell Trubisky there, what that might mean. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson on the uh, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin show, you hear right before Cap and Jay Hood each and every Monday through Friday here. Um, he was talking about that, and he was asked what it means for the Bears and Trubisky's future. You now get into a situation where you try to figure out if you want to move long-term with him, not even necessarily long-term. You want to have him come back and, you know, fight for a starting spot, battle it out. And now I'm sure that they're – I know they can't franchise him, but I'm sure they probably can – do something to keep him on board for next spring to fight it out with whoever it is that they want to bring in and fight it out with. If it's Nick Foles, which Nick Foles is, they owe Nick Foles about $9 million of guaranteed money. If I was the Chicago Bears, I'd go to Nick Foles and say, hey, man, you need to take a pay cut or we need to figure out how to extend you only as a backup and give Mitch Trubisky another shot if I'm coming back. But I don't know that they'll come back. I don't know that the Chicago Bears and their fan base want Pacing Nagy back, no matter what the season ends up like. Now, see, he hit on a lot of things there because half the fans don't want Pacing and uh, uh, Nagy back. More than half the fans don't want Trubisky back. And I don't know, I'm thinking most, probably more than half the fans don't want Foles back. Well, and all that's accurate, but if you're Ryan Pace, let's start, who's making the decision? Right. Right. So if, if, if there is a president of football operations who's going to oversee and pace and Nagy for at least one season, does Ryan Pace just take marching orders and, and shuffle papers and the president of football operations decides the future of Mr. Trubisky? Is look, Ryan Pace, what does he have to lose if he doubles down on, on uh, Mitch Trubisky for another two years? It's just George McCaskey's money, right? Right. He needs, he needs him to, to be this guy we've seen the last few weeks against good teams. And we haven't seen Mitch do that consistently, consistently against 
uh, mediocre to really good defenses. But if you're Ryan Pace and you know the clock is ticking very loudly and maybe you escaped, uh, got a one-year reprieve, if you're allowed to to unilaterally make that decision, now the question is, does Mitch want to come back? And J.D. Uh, referenced it. It was kind of like, well, I thought think about it, and then I don't think about it. But really, if Mitch, if this is Mitch's only opportunity to be a starting quarterback, I think ultimately whether he has a distaste for how things have gone here and he's not very popular, he's going to be the starting quarterback, and he'll take whatever couple of years they give him um, and, and see how that plays out because it, the, the alternative is stand on the sideline and wait for somebody to get hurt on a different team. Yeah. You know how Bears fans are, Brian. You know what the thought was at about 10 o'clock on Thursday night, right? This past Thursday night? Yeah. Yeah. Where? Why can't we get Marcus Mariota? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching that game, and he's, he's rejuvenated. He's running around. He looked awesome. Yeah. I've, and, never, and, I mean, I've never seen him look that good. No, and David Carr's going, wait a minute. I, I know. Get healthy here. Maybe the grind's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Ultimately, they found a way to lose the game, but it wasn't because Marcus Mariota wasn't doing what he could do. No. The Chargers quarterback is amazing. And some of the throws mm-hmm. he was making, rolling to the sideline and throwing back across his body, which you should never do, but just nailing guys and hitting them right on, I mean, right in stride. He is a fun guy to watch. And, you know, Anthony Lynn may have made some bad mistakes during the course of the year, but it'd be hard to, you know, there'll be people jumping to get that job because you get a quarterback like that sure. and some yep. of the receivers they have, some of those young receivers they have, you got something to start. Oh, my yeah. God. They're nice a fun foundation. team to watch. Yeah. Really fun team to watch. I wish the Bears were that fun. Uh, we come back. We'll hear from Courtney Cronin. She uh, covers the Vikings. She was on with Black and Abdallah the other day, and uh, she gave us some thoughts about this game. We'll hear some of that. We also have Yurko's Keys before we're done, and we'll also have our bold predictions on this game, the Bears and the Vikings, a noon kickoff. We're talking about it. Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN 1000. The Double H Attack is back. Hubner. Come on, turn around! Hanley. This is the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. And the Vikings, a noon kickoff. The first time these two met was a 1913 snooze fest, could we say? I don't know. It was it was not good for the Bears. As they ran the ball for a uh, grand total, I would think, 42 yards, I think I had. That's uh, when Nick Foles got uh, injured too, right? Now you got... Yeah, Tyler Bray came in. Yeah. Yeah, that was a wonderful game. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been sacked a lot in the last couple of weeks. There's some some upside for the Bears as they look forward to this game. Plus, I'll have David Montgomery back on um, during the week, 6 o'clock. Um, you catch Black and Abdallah after they're done working with Waddle and Sylvie. They do their show. And uh, the other night, they had Court- Courtney Cronin on. Courtney follows the uh, Minnesota Vikings. She is the ESPN NFL Nation reporter for uh, Minnesota. And. Um, the last time these two teams met, Dalvin Cook was slow to get started because Akeem Hicks was going. She said with the guys that it's important and imperative for Minnesota to do well that Cook gets started early. I think that they tried to do it early last time, and it really, the end of the game was a byproduct of Hicks going out with um, 
you know, injury and the complexion kind of changed. I mean, they tried to force things to the edge early on, and it just wasn't happening because they, you know, I asked Gary Kubiak about this today. I mean, the thing that makes Akeem Hicks so dangerous is that, you know, he can eat up two gaps and, like, you don't know where he's going to be and, you know, where he's – and the thing is they have such good edge rushers that they force everything inside – so it bottles up running lanes like that's going to be expected. And it's probably the same sort of strategy they're going to use against Alvin cook. Um, and that's why I think you saw such a big day for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen too. The last time that they played each other in Chicago on that Monday night game. And that's where the Vikings, like, you know, I know this is a run first offense and that's how they want to win games. I mean, their head coach has a three-year extension. That's not changing um, the philosophy anytime soon. So I hate to break it to anybody who thinks it's going to change. But when you look at Justin Jefferson, like, why was he so good that game? Double-digit targets. Like, that has to be a constant here if this team wants to win games. Because when he's targeted five or six times, you're not giving him enough opportunities. And it's not just deep shots off play action. It's the intermediate passing game. Like, God forbid you throw some wide receiver screens in. I mean, this team was not a bad wide receiver, wide receiver screen team in 2018 when someone the Bears are familiar with, John Filippo, was the offensive coordinator here. Like, I don't know why that's really not part of the game anymore. They used... You know, there was a jet motion with uh, Justin Jefferson last week. I love seeing things like that. It's creative. It's a little bit more um, out of the box. And sometimes I feel like they get so stuck in what they were doing um, in the passing game, but obviously still trying to force things through Cook that those opportunities went away. Yeah, and when they did try to force things through Cook, and he and she alluded to it, um, he had just 33 yards on 19 carries while Akeem Hicks was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ended the game uh, doing quite well at the end. He had 30 carries, 96 yards, uh, caught four passes for 16. But uh, he's a guy that there's no doubt the Bears have to shut down today. If you're Akeem Hicks, uh, and if you're Akeem Hicks's agent, and you're looking and seeing, and Khalil Mack has been good, um, Roquan Smith has been great, um, Robert Quinn, not so much. Akeem, I, I don't know uh, what Akeem's contract is when he's out of contract, but boy, for what he really means to this Bears defense, yeah, you got. No matter he's getting up there in age a little bit, um, you got to like your negotiating position going into the next contract. Yeah, there's no doubt. You see what they've been able to do with him, and then you know on the other side without him and uh, without him. The, the, the toughest part too is they, you got Eddie Goldman, a guy that decided to sit out this whole year. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know you can't blame you can if you want to, but you can't necessarily blame the guys that decided to sit out. And baseball was interesting. Some guys decided to sit out, and then at the last minute they said, "You know what? I'm going to play." Um, but you know he he's been gone the whole season. He was a key factor in the middle of that Bears uh, defensive line. And yeah, I think they really missed there. him early on. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt. Uh, Courtney Cronin also went on because you know. Kirk Cousins is a guy. He's got he got his money. He goes to you know you saw him in Washington and you see him going to Minnesota. We've seen a lot of things with him and yelling. As, you want some of this? Yeah. <laughs> and so Cronin was asked about how the fans feel about their quarterback. It's so hot and cold, and I think sometimes it's because he's hot and cold. And you know some of the criticism is deserved, some of it's not. Um, he turned his season around. I mean, he had ten interceptions by the time Week Six ended. And through three of them against Atlanta, I mean, there was a point where you should have probably considered at least just for that game calling, you know, throwing out the white flag because he was just not playing well at all. But 
since then, they changed their philosophy. What happens in week eight? Dalvin Cook sets all these records and creates history at Lambeau Field because they're running the ball so much. And at least at that point, the offensive philosophy pointed to take the ball out of Cousins' hands when he doesn't necessarily need it and you can rely on someone else. Well, Dalvin Cook still looks like, you know, he's a great rusher and he's obviously like one of the best in the league. There's no denying that, but he's lost a little bit of that spark because he's been run into the ground. He's 310 touches on his body through 12 games. That's a lot. So now are the moments where you've got to be able to trust Kirk Cousins for all that you paid him and for all that he means to this team and this franchise and its playoff hopes that these three games when you need him, he can come through. And really, I don't think he was he was the problem last week in Tampa Bay for the re- certainly not the reason that they lost. Like pass protection was not good. Um, the field goal problem and, and the missed extra point not good. Like Kirk played a really good game and he was incredibly accurate. And I think that they really love the fact that he's like taking off and scrambling more and taking chances outside of the pocket. Um, but there's always going to be that big what if like why can't he win that game and it's like if you put somebody else in that same circumstance like can they you know another quarterback can they do enough yeah you see him throw the ball sometimes when he has his receivers and uh running backs there and he he looks like he's a, he's the perfect quarterback for that team in other games like she said it's just he it, it's not you know there's there are probably a lot of teams out of the 32 teams in the nfl how many do you think are really happy with their quarterback Six, eight, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So uh, each and every week, uh, people are talking about their quarterbacks and how bad they are and how they struggle. And then every once in a while, you see a Kirk Cousins game where he throws and, you know, and lights it up because of some of the receivers he has. Like you said, and you brought it up. I'm glad I, I'm glad you did. I missed it originally, but Kyle Rudolph's one of my favorite tight ends to throw the ball to. Not that I throw the ball to him, but when, mm-hmm. when people are throwing the ball to him and, uh, he's a guy that makes big plays and now he's got, he's out, but they still have Irv Smith, don't they? The, uh, oh, wow. yeah, the tight end out of, uh, out of Miami. Am I right? Am I right with that, Tyler? Irv Smith I, I can look in a second, but he's always fascinated me because he kind of moves like a wide receiver. Yeah. He's more of a, a receiving type tight end, whereas we've seen Kyle Rudolph kind of do a little bit of both. But yeah, yeah he's always been re- really interesting to me. Yeah. And he's a, a name that hasn't been mentioned yet. Heck, he may be in my bold prediction on, on the downside. <laughs> Maybe I, because Irv Smith is a guy he'll he'll catch balls he'll catch a touchdown here and there and uh, it usually can hurt the teams but uh, yeah we'll we'll actually get to that we'll get to uh, Yurko's keys we'll get to our bold predictions we'll see how the polls turned out it's about fifteen minutes they'll kick off the Bears and the Vikings in Minnesota we're talking about it it's Hanley and Hubner here on ESPN one thousand. Bet Sportsbook pregame show continues on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Ah, PointsBet Sportsbook, the fast and easy way to bet on the sports you care about. Download the PointsBet app now to get $100 in free bets when you deposit $20 with code ESPN. Hanley and Hubner, and uh, you'll get a chance to hear us also on Wednesday. And then uh, the following week, Monday and Tuesday, we'll be we'll be around. And, uh, heck, a week from today, we'll do the, the pregame show on Sunday. And then Monday, we'll be here to break it down for you. On, That'd be terrific. Uh, on Monday morning. Yeah, yeah that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Yurko breaks it down each and every week. He has Yurko's keys to a Bears victory. Let's give it a listen. This is Yurko's keys to the game. Trubisky stepping up, fires down the sideline. Robinson makes the catch. Yurko gives us what to watch for in this week's Bears game. And it's intercepted, and it's Eddie Jackson. Under pressure again. Can he get away? No, he can't. 
Doncic's Mac. Yurko's Keys to the Game, only on ESPN 1000. Scott deliver the keys to the game because yes. he's a Vikings fan. It's now time good. for they were good. It's now time great. for Bears fans. Yurko, I ask you, I turn it over to the expert. What are the keys to victory in Minneapolis on Sunday? Carm, I'm glad you asked. You're going to be up in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes, playing the Vikings, where some of the greats have been there. Matt Blair, Chuck Foreman, Fran Tarkington, all of Earl the Beller have been up there. And let me tell you, it's a winnable game, and we're going to find out exactly how the Bears are going to go ahead and win it. Key number one. you got to continue to control Dalvin Cook the way you've controlled Dalvin Cook. You've got to stop the run and fork Kirk. Uh, uh, fork. <laughs> Force. Fork him, too. Force Kirk Cousins to fork go ahead him. and beat you. If you had to wager on whether Kirk Cousins could do it or not, I would be betting against Kirk Cousins. Over the course of time, he's proven that he might be a little bit challenged when it comes to carrying the team on his shoulders. He's done it. But he hasn't done it on a consistent enough basis for anybody to uh, really believe in him. Key number two. Hey, Trubisky played well. You've got to acknowledge that. Trubisky has played well last week specifically. The week before, he played well enough for the Bears team to win. We need more out of Mitch Trubisky, not less. We need him to fine-tune that game just a little bit more so he's perfect. I'd like to see him have one of those perfect games going into this week. And I'd like to see him also use his legs more. Be more perfect. Use your legs more to get yourself out of trouble and to get positive yardage. Remember, the Vikings were a team that gave up and traded one of the best pass rushers okay, to the Baltimore Ravens. Let's not forget about that. They're looking for a reason to give up. The Chicago Bears need to go ahead and do that. Key number three. If injured and if concussed, the Bears' defensive backfield is going to be up against it. And... I asked Eddie Jackson, I asked Kyle Fuller, and number 38, don't know his name. Tayshon. I just know he's number 38, and he's got a hyphen in his name. No, he doesn't. I believe he does, Carmen. Don't. You're thinking of Roy Robertson Harris? Quit your lip. All right. I'm talking about 38. That's Tayshon. Those three guys need to, yeah, it's Gip, hyphen, sin. <laughs> All right. Those three guys need to pick it up. Those three guys need to maybe carry a little bit of the weight for the other two guys that come in in the nickel package. Okay, It's incumbent upon Kyle Fuller to have himself a good game this year. I don't know if he's had one yet this year. I know he's stuck on like one interception or two. The defensive backfield's kind of stuck. Let's get it going. This defensive backfield needs to make a little bit of noise. Eddie Jackson, let's make a little bit of noise. You've seen glimpses of Eddie Jackson this year. You haven't seen it at enough level. I need more of that out of Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, and the kid with the hyphen in his name. Are you name, thinking of DeAndre Gibson. Houston Carson? Is that who you're thinking of? I have no idea. Is that who he's thinking of, Miller? <laughs> I don't even know who the hell Houston Carson is. Is that Newman Carson? Isn't that a college? Key number four. Oh, don't don't stop my off. music. Okay? Key number four. Oh, more keys. Well, listen, the special teams did so well with Corduroy Patterson taking the ball out of the end zone that now they're pooching the ball. Yeah. They're pooching the ball, and they're not giving you a chance to return. Now you've got to set up a return off the fact that they might be able to pooch the ball. I'd like to see the ball go from the guy that catches it short Sweet lateral back to Corduroy Patterson and have something set up off of that. Either side have the flexibility to go ahead and run something. So look for some little trickeration in the special teams game to make something special happen for the Chicago Bears. That's what it is. Those are the keys 
to a Bears victory Bears. against Minnesota up in the land of 10,000 lakes. Bears. <laughs> Only Yurko can take a defensive back with a hyphen in his name and make him a college. <laughs> I thought it was a rib place until you know, the first part. Yeah, I love that. Oh, my God. Gib hyphen son. Yes. Yes. Oh, my Lord. Uh, we had a couple of polls today. Tyler Aki jumps on in and gives us how the polls turned out. All right. So we start with how will the Bears finish their final three games this season? And I think this answer is not going to come as a surprise. So 3-0, 2-1, oh, 1-2, 0-3, 1-2 the leader with about 40% of the vote. Next up, 2-1 and one with 30% of the vote. Then 3-0 and oh with uh, the optimistic 16%. And then... Wow. 0 oh, and three with the pessimistic thirteen and a half. Oh, well, at least nobody, you know, very few people think they'll go zero and three. But yeah, yeah I, I was kind of surprised that was the yeah. the last place yeah. in the standings. That's for not that. bad. Uh, the next one is today's matchup between both six and seven Bears and Vikings teams. More of a playoff type game or an argument against adding a seventh playoff team. This one a lot closer. It's the argument against the seventh playoff team in the eyes of fifty six percent of the voters and then 44 percent say it's a playoff type game hmm. yeah so, you know if it's that's an argument against the seventh what, what would an eighth be uh <laughs> you know check back next year yeah i mean are they doing it just so nickelodeon can run a game i mean you've heard promos throughout the course of the day <laughs> that amazon's running one of the there's three saturday games next week yeah two on nfl network and one on amazon prime i think it is so you know <laughs> hey amazon when they cut checks, people pay attention. Oh, there's so, no doubt. Absolutely yeah. no doubt. Jeff Bezos, Bezos got uh, yeah. a little bit of money to spend. I'm not sure what Nickelodeon, what they're bidding, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, real quickly, uh, bold predictions. I've got one, and it is that Kendall Vildor. Nobody knows who he is, but they will today. He will have an interception in the contest today. Wow, and we didn't talk about this because my guy is Duke Shelley. And if you could tell me his real name, Duke and nickname, <laughs> Uh, Kansas State's very own, Yakis Bertrand, Duke Shelley. I've got Duke Shelley with the INT. So okay. that's interesting. But they're going to they're gonna go that direction, right? Yeah, I would think so. But Duke started last week, so maybe uh, between games one and two, you see make, uh, he'll make a little noise today. Now what do you got, Tyler? I've got Allen Robinson. will have two touchdowns today. He's never caught one against the Vikings in, in his career, so he'll uh, make I wish up I for some lost time. Yeah, two I wish touchdowns. I, would, I hope so. I've picked him to score in the game today. Uh, don't forget, when the game's over, it'll be Jeff Meller and Howard Griffith. They'll break it down for you uh, constantly and they'll be here for two hours after the game. Then, Cap and Jay Hood tomorrow. The whole Everybody will break it down for you tomorrow. Brian and I will be back next week before the Jacksonville game and we'll be back Wednesday. Just tune in here on ESPN 1000.